humans not not putting the information in correctly. So you say, now, now how do we address that? Well, rather than do the old school sales for years, if it's not in, if it's not in Salesforce, it didn't happen, punish people stuff. Why don't we try to reward people, right? Why don't we go back and I've actually coached on this before, go back and audit people and then reward people that you can actually figure out on this customer where the heck they're at. Welcome to the Distributed Truth Podcast. Today's B2B SaaS teams all share one thing in common, fragmented customer data. Marketing, sales, customer success, finance, and product teams need better approaches to unified customer data. What does it look like to be data-driven rather than data-inhibited? What is the link between investing in unified customer data and revenue growth? How can we create consistent customer experiences through unified customer data? Join us here at the Distributed Truth Podcast as we interview a wide array of go-to-market revenue operations, technology, and data leaders, all dedicated to solving the problem of fragmented customer data. Hello and welcome to the Distributed Truth Podcast with one of your hosts here, Evan Dunn. I am on with Scott Marker, 30-year B2B sales and marketing strategist, worked with Simplex and a variety of other startups, and also a professor at Boise State. Scott, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Um, Scott, you've got, we, we traded a lot of uh, interesting thoughts you have around um, the process side of the problem of data in the tech stack and tracking relationships, particularly with sales teams. Uh, would you say that's the most common problem you've seen in your work or, or how would you answer that question? What's the biggest issue in all your, your uh, manifold consulting engagements that you've come across uh, when it relates to data? I, I usually get brought in for it, usually sales. Um, it, 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 so when I, when I come in for sales and it's the biggest data problem uh, is, and there, there's a lot of them that, that they should be tracking that they don't, which is amazing. I ask them things like pipeline and, and you, know, uh, you, know, you know, CAC and all that. Most of them don't even, under, don't even understand the terms, which is very um, interesting. But the big thing they usually t- are, are when it comes to things is see the, the lack of use of CRMs. That that's a that's a reoccurring problem, and that they, they just can't can't get it. And then also then the the, the salespeople um, will these are some themes will say that they can't see what marketing's doing and marketing can't see what sales is doing. It's just the classic problems. Um, and I mean, and it's amazing that um, even at big companies because um, I've I um, written two books. And uh, the thing I enjoy about it is, is I reach out to people on LinkedIn that, you know, um, chief revenue officer, VP of sales for a million dollar startup or a billion dollar company. And a lot of the, the, the you know, you guys, you know, talk about data. So but just the challenges of, of, of bad data is just, just everywhere. And again, because I'm so focused on, they bring me in about sales and stuff I'm talking about is that CRM is the constant one that they just can't seem to figure figure out the riddle. Yeah. You, you, why do you think 20 years into cloud CRM, yeah. why do you think this is still so hard? Okay. I, I, now I, I told you, I wrote two books cause I enjoy thinking about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I, and one, one big problem is, is because 20 years later, I, when I started using act, right? Uh, it was all local, you know, on-prem, um, 
for the most part, a lot of CRMs, all they've done, they haven't changed. They're still a big pain in the butt for data entry. 20 years later, you have basically act in the cloud. There's not, I'm, you have to set up contacts and, you know, reoccurrings. And so I think, I think one of the biggest problems I just don't hear a lot of talk, people talking about is, is that vendors of CRMs sell to executives that don't have to use them like the salespeople do. That's the biggest problem people don't talk about. And that's why they're, they're not very user-friendly because they're user-friendly to the people that buy them for the reports, but they get sold by these vendors as, oh, look at all these cool, you know, um, you know reports and all the stuff you can run. And, and, then, and then they find out that um, they're, 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 none of that's, you know, that's not true. And, and, and that's where you come in is also they overpromise how easy they're going to be able to see everything. Well, when you have people involved, it, things don't turn out right. <laughs> if not, if they're not trained. So it's, it's things haven't really changed. Like, and the, I don't think because the vendors, CRM vendors haven't done their jobs. And then the other side of things, the people that are buying them don't understand how difficult they are to work with, right? And then the third component is, like I've done, I've, I've, um, you, you, I, I've been in every company I've ever worked for, I've been sometimes one of the only salespeople that truly use it to leverage, le- leverage sales and retention because I know how to use them, right? But a lot of people that have been promoted into positions out of sales positions, they never really use the CRM either. It was just they did enough to get by so they can't teach what they never did. Do you think this is going to stay true for a while, or do you see a new generation of, uh, of I, revenue I, leadership coming? I, I predicted it years ago, and it, it's it's coming to be. Is mm-hmm. third third parties are making the big CRMs better, <laughs> right? You plug into them, and they they you know help you know make make them more user friendly, make them more you know so because they have all these additional apps that they have now, and you know um, integrations mm-hmm. and stuff. So yeah, I think there's a lot. I mean, you have these um, the the revenue intelligence out there, you know, the Gong types um, that now are recording it and be able to you know capture that and then you know funnel that into it and be able to analyze it. So I, I think I think there's hope. I just I'm just amazed that when I talk to some people in companies, it's still it it they it's still a big challenge. Yeah. I, I remember, I mean, I've heard many, many, many jabs at uh, Salesforce Lightning. You know, it's a prettier looking, but slower and harder to use than Salesforce Classic and isn't Classic going away. And right, like, I mean, this re- that's what you made me think of when you're talking about CRM vendors not really making usability and, and data quality a priority. Do, do you see all CRM vendors as kind of equal in this regard or are there stronger players than others? I think actually I've just listened to some recent podcasts, which I thought were fascinating, fascinating on that topic. So I, I say, I always say, if someone asks me, I get this a lot. What CRM should I use? I usually say stick with the HubSpots and the, the Salesforces because they're going to be around in, 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 in a few years. And if you're new to that position, You'll probably be using it at your next job too, so you'll be familiar with it. The big ones, right? Um, but that being said, some some new things that are coming out with the technology and innovation is vertical markets. Is it Dan Sanchez? Um, he used to work for Sweet uh, Sweet uh, Sweetfish uh, Media. Anyway, um, 
he was talking about it, kind of what I've talked about before is now you have, because of technology and stuff, you have companies doing verticals, so specializing with for dentists, specializing with HVAC companies. And they're actually, they're doing very well. And, and they're actually peeling away some of the, the because the, the, the hubs, I love HubSpot, um, but they're trying to be all things to all people versus a company that just focuses on one vertical market. That's where I really think the change going forward is going to be. And it, it's in technologies that did that for years. It was just too expensive. You're never going to beat the big guys, you know. But now I think it's it's a different time, and you're going to see more CRMs coming in. But they're going to be vert, vert, vertical, not yeah. big dogs like the other ones. I think you're right. I think it's also partly driven by each of those industries you mentioned. Uh, we could also throw in like salons yep. and sort of right local. Um, uh, beauty related any service industry um, service industries real estate right they have very specific ways in which they interact with customers like a showing or an appointment with um, you know a, a, uh, an agent that's a, a repeating mechanism they need a great way to track it needs to be consistent and for a more established uh, horizontalized CRM that's an edge case yeah right but to someone who built directly into it using their knowledge of Salesforce, right? Uh, okay, you need some concept of an opportunity object. You need yep. some concept of a customer, uh, of a contract, right? Those are pretty easy to recreate conceptually, hard to build all the integrations and that stuff. So, But really easy to take the bottom sliver of the market yep. and then build your way up. Right? Yeah, that, that, that I do. I really think that's what's going to happen because, again, then, then when you're talking, and I, I know, um, uh, actually, I know an accountant I talked to recently, and he switched over to exactly that. His his whole there's a whole integrated CRM website, everything, and all they do is accountants. And so, um, I mean, it was, I mean, it was like a no brainer yeah. for him. And I mean, again, and then, and then as as looking at from the looking at it from the company side of things, you get really good at what you're doing. Because you're talking to, if it, if it's if it's um, salons, you're talking to salon owners over and over and over again. If it's if it's HVAC mm-hmm. companies, you become experts really quick. Versus having and to be all things to all people. Agreed. I think it's interesting because there is this bias in tech towards doing a land grab for the bottom part of the market. And then you can always build up. Now, here's the problem, right? You start building up market. You're going to get bigger shops in a vertical using some mix of verticalized and horizontal solutions, at which point integrations is everything. So in your experience, like when you're, you're working with different sizes of companies, right? I know you've done a lot of like smaller startup consulting, but obviously I'm sure you see them try to grow into bigger operations right? Bigger motions. Do most companies you've worked with have good data pipelines between their systems? No. <laughs> that was too fast. I, I, yeah, yeah. I could, no, no, no. It's terrible. I mean, I, again, I, I, uh, I, I listened to um, a podcast and uh, a person that worked for one of the big two CRM, right? Said, man, and they work for them, right? This is the, and just going, man, I wish we could get our salespeople to put the data in from the trade shows. It's a problem for them and they run it. You know, they do it themselves. So, um, no, I, and, the, and the cost, the cost it, it's very difficult. I, I was brought in for a really short gig because I actually kind of backed out. But they were doing a big, um, 
Salesforce takes over the world for their whole company, doing all, all the integrate. It was, you know, Salesforce is going to do everything for them, you know, um, from, I mean, it was, it was massive and it was the most clunky. I mean, it, I mean, it, 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 it was really tough because they're trying to make Salesforce be all these things that they shouldn't be versus having Salesforce maybe as the hub for sales and marketing, but then having other systems that are better at doing what they do than trying to have Salesforce be forced to do everything. So how often, you know, I mean, a lot of people I interact with have this bias towards, you know, Zapier and other sort of no code, low code integration platforms, just well, you know, those exist and they have the connectors. So isn't the data pipeline piece, the interconnectivity piece solved. And, and so that it seems like there's these two camps, like you just described, like by one vendor who claims they can do it all. I think most experts like yourself know better, right? But then there's other, there's like quite a lot of experts who think that a, you know, a copy paste integration tool can, can fix it all. Now, are they onto something or is there something missing from that story as well? You know, I'm, I'm not sure on that. I just, uh, the Zapier, I mean, I, I have people that just, I mean, that's like a godsend for a lot of people on, 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 on the integration stuff. I just think with me and the systems, um, the biggest challenge is, I, again, the thing they bring brought in for usually is the CRM. So that's what I keep going back to. The other systems, I'm not, I'm not sure. I just know that it, every time I talk to companies and, and it, it just seems like they just can't get all their, mm. their, their data, all their systems talking to each other. That's a constant problem. Yeah. Even, even. Well, cause the, yeah. I, the, I just, that CRM is not just a monolith anymore, right? Like CRM must interact with several other tools, yeah. right? Marketing automation and CS tooling, right? Um, and apparently one of the top three purchased enrichment tools, even in the down market, right, is enrichment. So you've got these like things throwing data points at CRMs while people are throwing data points at yeah. CRMs and <laughs> fighting for data points. So but my question is now, because you, you guys really specialize in that. So what do you guys see and ladies? Yeah, we, um, I mean, yeah, it was a loaded question, right? Like, uh, (laughs) you, I mean, I, I have some expertise, but you see, you see it more than than I do. So what's your, it's hard to really shape the whole problem because, you know, I mentioned Tim Lockie, which did a podcast with him, the human stack.com. And he brought up in our last conversation, information systems are half human and half data. Mm -hmm. Right. And thanks, Scott, you, uh, you should absolutely meet him. Um, but you're talking a lot about the, the human input and, and usage of the information system, which is really where all the value is had, right? The fact that you, you mentioned before we started recording, like you've talked to CEOs, you're like, hey, we've had a few conversations, but, you know, did you track all that in your CRM? Like, I'm a partner prospect, you know, right? Like, yeah. and they're just like, no, they laugh at you, right? So I think the trick is, in most of these information systems where you have humans putting stuff or not putting stuff into a system and you have that system talking to many other systems, getting inputs from other systems, pushing stuff out to other systems. I think what most people are feeling or sensing, but maybe not naming is that there's a kind of a battle there for the, the true, the ground truth, like what's really happening. You got enrichment coming in, with the wrong company size 
you've got someone putting in the wrong web domain and then yeah. that fires off like a whole chain of yeah. wrong enrichment processes and mismatched accounts. So human error and tech inaccuracy are sort of this silent destroyer of accurate information in a, in a coordinated network of, of people in tech. Um, so, so yeah. I'll go one, so what have you seen? Cause I have an idea. What have you seen that companies that have had that same issue have done like one or two or three things done mm-hmm. to kind of not maybe get rid of all of it, but make a substantial improvement. Yeah, you talked, um, we talked a little bit before uh, recording about like incentivizing uh, adherence, right? Um, That you need some mechanism for uh, instigating behavior change that's meaningful. Um, I think that's a science unto itself, right? Um, And we need more behavior scientists in go-to-market, right? Um, Cost-effectively, obviously. I think the other piece is, um, you know, our our perspective at Syncry is that integrations are not always made the same, right? And the Zapier, you're right, it can be a huge godsend. It can do A to B faster and easier and, and with little setup. But if A needs to go to B and B needs to go to back to A, and then something needs to know whether A should overwrite B, right? And and then there's C in the loop too. Right now you're talking why Nick and Nilesh founded Syncry so that a tool could manage that data relationship right. um, based on logic you give it without code. So you're giving us some hope. Um, <laughs> that's the goal, right? I mean, <laughs> look, you, we talked about this too, but like ops people, people who manage CRMs yeah. cannot take vacations. Yeah. Not really. They get called at 9 p.m. on a Friday night because it's quarter close and their baby's screaming in the background while they, their CEO is demanding that they – you know, move that contract over the finish line. You, know, right? Yep. So, I, so I think um, some some like a solution like you guys have is awesome. And then when you, when you went back and you talked about the we were talking about the the, the incentives. I think the challenge mm-hmm. is 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 your and I think that's one of the keys to to is it. So now we know the problem is humans not not putting the information incorrectly. So you say, now, now how do we address that? Well, rather than do the old school sales for years, if it's not in, if it's not in Salesforce, it didn't happen, punish people stuff. Why don't we try to reward people, right? Why don't we go back and I've actually coached on this before, go back and audit people and then reward people that you can actually figure out on this customer where the heck they're at, right? So they can take a vacation, right? Um, and so, and then also, um, I, I said for years that I've, 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 I'm, I'm one of the biggest critic of CRMs, and, but I say, but guess what? They're also one of the, the for me and people I can that like me that use in the right way. They're one of the biggest keys to my success to gaining more customers and keeping more customers if you use them correctly. So taking that right, they're kind of clunky, but you got to use them right. We have to have tools that make it, and that's where I think there's a big training thing is one is training, but two, for example, right, years ago, um, I'm working with a small company, have a couple of salespeople, and at that, this was a lot of um, like field sale outreach, cold calling type stuff, right? So we have iPads, now we have to get that information in to set up the account, in, and what do most, a lot of people do? And oh, that's one real quick 
side note, and I'll come back to that. One thing I've, I've written about, talked about, I, I just don't hear a lot of people talking about. The difference between sitting behind a full keypad with headphones on, right, on a CRM, and out in the field or at a trade show, it's day and night. It's day and night. Because how do I get all those conversations at a trade show quickly and efficiently into my CRM, right? It's a data entry freaking nightmare, right? So I that's where I tell people, um, if you're a sales leader, ops leader, whatever leader, trying to be, make people more efficient, you need to get in there. One, do it, use it yourself and, and see what a pain it is. And then try to bring in tools. So going back to that one thing I was talking about, we're out in the field a lot. What I did was is there were, um, I, I um, some, some founder of a company on LinkedIn when I was complaining about CRM said, hey, I think I could help you. And now they have a lot more of them. But at the time, they were kind of something different. And I would I would come out or teach my my other uh, salespeople to come out and we would dictate the call, what the next steps were, set up this account, take a picture of the card and then seven o'clock at night, it all be done. Right. Be done. And and then, on, you know, I'll, I'll send off to be all, all done. And then the next morning you go in and they were like ninety five percent accurate. It really. So it was it was things like that that made it manageable. But as a sales leader. I use it myself. So I'm like, I don't want to do all that work. Right. So, but it was still a lot of work. It was still a lot of work, but so it's things like that teach, or, um, I tell people a lot of times, um, again, now gong, I, mean, I haven't used gong or anything, but that would be just wonderful. To, uh, there's a Voma, which is another great tool and stuff, but it's, it's getting, and, and zoom. A lot of these things have them. It's just knowing how, okay, they're not the most, the most, it's, we need to help it be, not perfectly easy, but a heck of a lot easier for people to do their job correctly, to get that correct information in there. Totally. Right. Help them Two, and then teach them why it's so important. Right. And then three, have reward. Like I said, do audits occasionally and reward people. Don't don't do negative things. Just say, hey, guess what? We did audits on, you know, on these 10 people and they each get a hundred dollar Amazon gift card, you know, or something like that. Mm. So there, there's some things that I've yeah. seen to kind of I think that, fix a broken system. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and, you, you know, I think there's this sort of like brokering of the relationship between the CRM admin, the, the systems administrator, if you will, um, operations professional, and the executive who wants a report on something later, and the field rep, right? Because if they don't know what information is valuable to the organization yeah. strategically – they can't instrument the systems in a way that makes it easy for people to input that information in your experience. What, what is the most, like take a contact record, right? Like what is the most difficult thing for reps to, to input or maintain? And what's the most important, like what, what are organizations typically missing that would be really valuable to know about a person? Well, like, well, just setting up a new account is the is the biggest challenge. That's one of the biggest challenges. Setting up a new because you got to click click, especially if you're out in the field. It's it's a it, it you know out away. It, it's just a challenge, right? Um, but that being said, it can be um, easier. Go go back. Tell me. Ask the question again. Yeah, just. When you think about a contact or an account record, right? Like, what what is the most important information? Okay. Yeah, that's right. For challenging and the most important, and really yeah, exactly. a, a couple a couple things. You're looking at it. One, looking at like 
what do the powers to be want to see? That's one big thing, right? So there's there, there's that. And then two, what's important for the salesperson or marketing person, whoever, customer service. When we're talking about this, most people, though, I've, I've done actually coaching with a company on customer service and transformed their customer service because I, I trained him like a salesperson, the way to talk and follow up and stuff like that. But the way you note it is 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 so important, so crucial. But the problem is people get in a hurry, right? Between call after call after call. And that's why the new tools where they just dump in, you can change it all the text is just fantastic. And I, I personally haven't done that right yet. Even though I've heard people have had those, it's not perfect, but still that's, that's a, but I think, so when you say what's the most important is one, what's going to help the company operational wise, be able to see it, right? Whatever they need. And then um, two, what do sales and marketing customer service need to see, right? To help help them do their jobs better. And that a lot of times is proper noting. I mean, that's noting is something that it took me a while to figure that out, but I don't know how crucial that is because great cust- a great salesperson, great marketing person, great cus- customer service person. What's the difference between when Evan calls in and they say, "Hey, how's your daughter doing?" Right, right, right. How's your son doing? Right? Hugely different, right? And because they know that last time they talked to them, right, they said they're going to, you know, they coached their team or something like that, you know. It's those little things that really make a difference with the CRM that a lot of times, but again, it takes training. Why, why do I need to document it so good, right? And what do I need to document? So I teach people a lot of times, you use the CRM, you use, vo- I've, I've teach, taught people to do this, do this before, is I don't is sometimes it, on like an iPad you can do it right right from right from it you can you can touch on the note and then um, or on your phone right and and then do voice and so I do notes and the notes are good enough to um, get in there right to, to, versus typing all that information takes a nightmare so, mm-hmm. long answer yeah, no, that, think, that's kind of some of the ways I look at it no that's that's great Scott I mean you bring up a really important point right ultimately we created CRMs to accelerate a person's ability to create good relationships. And so if you're not using it to do that, if it's just yeah, transactional, yeah, here's they're a, called yeah. right, CRMs, customer service relationship. Relationship, yeah. Exactly. I mean, in management, it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, then they, that's where people forget that, that that's, you know, it's all about Absolutely. how many calls did you do? How many of these did you do? No, it's like, how do I leverage them to, you know, be better, better at my job? Yeah. And how do we as a company create a discipline of good relationship building across the journey? Now, last question here for you, Scott. Uh, You you mentioned talking to a lot of executives who don't have familiarity with their systems. And how do you illustrate this to them to get them to buy in to projects, initiatives to improve the quality of the data within their systems? Could you say that again? Restate that? Yeah, you're sitting down with with Startup X, right? right? And it's your classic scenario you described earlier where this CEO doesn't enter stuff into their own CRM, oh, okay. doesn't use it actively, just wants good reports out of it. And um, how do you illustrate the importance of spending money to train yeah. the team and add technology and resources to improve the quality of, of data okay. in a CRM? I, I'm not always successful. <laughs> <laughs> tell the truth. I tell people, I give them tough love sometimes, you know, I just, I say, why don't you try to do it yourself for a week or so? 
and and they did it one anyway. So I mean, it just it just it's it's I, I I've 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 had I've had more people agree with me a hundred percent, and then they go back doing the same old stuff. And, and unfortunately, I just I mean. Um, and I, and I lay out the case, why it's good and all this stuff. And, you know, it, it's somewhat helpful because other things I teach how to really, if their salespeople are involved, I can teach them how to customer service people better. But, you know, it, it, at the end of the day for the executives to, you know, make a, a big, big change and stuff, they have to lead it, you know, and if they don't lead it, people aren't going to keep doing it. It has, it has to become kind of a culture, you know, kind of a thing is, Hey, this is, um, I'm a big person that, um, won't go too much into the weeds, but the whole RevOps uh, craze, you know, the in 2021 for sure, maybe 2022 too, the biggest change on LinkedIn titles was something to do with revenue, you know, chief rip. And I, and I, um, I say, you know, be, be really careful um, because, oh, I just listened to a, I just got on, invited on another podcast because a lady got prom- promoted from COO to CRO, Chief Revenue Officer, and uh, she said, you know, it's kind of weird because customers started kind of looking at me like I was a salesperson. <laughs> because her titles, what do you do? Oh, I, I work, I mean, talking to a customer and talking about, oh, I make sure we have, you know, revenue is all efficient, revenue, 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 you know, and that's where I, I joke and I say that it should be, uh, you know, uh, customer ops, right? Uh, it, C-U-S-T, capital O, right, uh, ops, because companies get so focused on the revenue side of things that they forget. So anyway, so have a flip it and to, and I think it's also um, and, and your, your team members, employees are going to take it better. If you had a culture of, hey, these systems, why do we do, do this stuff? Because, because it helps us maintain relationships with existing customers, right? Um, be better at, at explaining our new services to new new customers, right? And by doing that, guess what? It all leads to raises for everybody, right? Mm. Um, it, because of that. So I, I look at stuff kind of backwards, but like kind of more positive side of things. But then at the end of the day, you got to implement it. And then you got you to gotta say, hey, it's a, you know, to support the customers the best, we have to do these things. And it has to come from the top and they'd be consistent because again, um, over the years, more, more companies slide right back into their old habits than, than change. So then I'll go back to you. It's got to appreciate so what, that. What do you the, see? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think we can close on this thought okay. you shared is really excellent, right? Like if executives want to see a change in the way their organization is treating customers, treating prospects and um, accurately recording those relationships so that the company can grow and improve, they've got to lead the change, right? I think that's always going to be true. No amount of technology can shift a culture. Yep. Um, and I, I think it's an interesting point about uh, chief customer instead of chief revenue officer, right? Revenue is a, a bit of a biased term away from the relationship. So with that, thank you, Scott, so much for joining us on the Distributed Truth podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, appreciate the work you're doing to to help drive CRM adoption and just educate the market on good data quality practices. It's a tough, tough thing. As you said, you don't always win, but you do always feel like you're doing the right thing, I hope. Hey, I appreciate being on, uh, Evan. Yeah. Thanks. For sure. Thank you for listening to the Distributed Truth Podcast. Check out our other episodes or visit Syncery.com to learn more about unified customer data. 
That's S-Y-N-C-A-R-I, Sinkery.com. Thank you, and have a great day.